in Oklahoma. It is. Okay. It's about my favorite leftist in Oklahoma. Or from Oklahoma. You? I mean, <laughs> I'm not quite as talented. So. Or Robert Evans. Oh, he's a close second. But also, no. And I'm recording. Can you not? I'm putting my phone on silent. Thank you. And silencing bedtime alarm. So, hey. So, hey. Uh, welcome to Oklahoma Strange. And today I'm joined by... Michael, the partner. As usual. Um, so, I have some fun facts to start with. Um, in November of 2018, the gubernatorial which is super not right verbiage, race, proved urban areas in Oklahoma are leaning left. And Republicans actually didn't gain control of Oklahoma's legislature until 2008. So hmm. basically our entire adult lives we've been fighting against these fucking fascists. So, sorry, like, but also, mm, prove me wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, 23 years ago, they only held 34% of registered voters, and 43 years ago, they had less than 25%. We were a democratic state. Surprising. I know, right? So, okay, leftists in Oklahoma are not uncommon. Uh, I'm going to talk about my one of my personal favorites. Um, and I actually didn't find too many problem too, too many problematic areas other than like the whole women thing. So, can you guess who it is? No. Okay, that's fair. Woodrow Wilson Guthrie. Hmm. I did not know his last name was Guthrie. I just knew Woody, Woody. Woody Guthrie, baby. Oh, okay. I was okay. Woodrow Wilson. Yeah, he was named for the New Jersey <clears throat> governor at the time, Woodrow Wilson. Uh, and Guthrie was born just a few months before Woodrow Wilson was elected president. Um, so he was, uh, he self-identified as, quote, in the red. And his folk songs focused on socialism and anti-fascism. And he inspired some of my favorite musical groups that you've heard, like, way too much of and you probably hate. Like, Pat the Bunny. I don't mind Pat the Bunny. <laughs> I actually like Pat the Bunny. Okay. Um, I like so, most of your music. I just wish you could like mine. <laughs> I, just the synth pop is... I can't. Um, so, oh, I love it so much. Uh, Woody Guthrie was born July 14th, 1912, in Okima, Oklahoma. And I actually have some family there, and there are just so many fucking cows. Uh, so my cousin, Jacob. Mm-hmm. That's Okima. Okay. So, it's only like 45 minutes away from where we live. His parents, Nora Bell and Charles Edward Guthrie, obviously named him for the New Jersey governor. Um... So, Charles was a businessman owning up to 30 plots of land in Ofeski County at one point. Um, and he was also allegedly involved in the lynching of Laura L. D. Nelson in 1911. And we will, I'm sure, eventually cover that one. Woody said his father became a member of the KKK in 1915 during its, quote, its, quote revived beginning, end quote, in Oklahoma. Gross. So, I'm just going to quote this directly because it's one of the stranger paragraphs I've actually read, and it's very intense, and it's very fucking sad. So, you're going to want to interrupt me, but please hold all comments to the end. Okay. 
Are you ready? I guess. Okay. Quote. Three significant fires occurred during Guthrie's early life. There was one in 1909 that caused... Uh, that caused the loss of his family home in Okima a month after the house was completed. When Guthrie was seven, his sister Clara died after setting her clothes on fire during an argument with her mother. And later in 1927, their father was severely burned in a fire at home. Guthrie's mother, Nora, was afflicted with Huntington's disease, although the family did not know it at this time. What they could see was dementia and muscular degeneration, end quote. So, the first fire was actually, like, three years before he was born, but it did cause the loss of his family home, and then his sister got mad at her mom and set her fucking clothes on fire and died. Now, it did not say she was wearing them, but I, like, I really feel like it might have been, like, a preteen tantrum situation. Got way out of control. And she, like, just, fuck it, and, like... It didn't think it through, because, like, kids don't think shit through. But it could have been something else, like, where she set a specific garment on fire and it spread. It didn't go into specifics. Um, and then, like, his whole dad thing, like, probably had it coming, Charles. Like, probably had it coming with, you know, being a KKK member and all that shit. And then to top it all off, <laughs> mom has fucking Huntington's, which is, like, one of the most devastating fucking diseases there is. Wow. So, he did not have a super fun time. But you know what is a super fun time? Advertisement sponsors and give me monies. Yes! Ads! Hey there. Chase Vegas here. And I'm Cassidy Queerface. And we are... The Uncanny Dispatch. <laughs> We're a dark comedy podcast that brings you stories of murder, mysteries, the mystical, and the macabre. We've done all sorts of stories so far. A werewolf exorcism, UFOs that burn people, an English prophetess. <laughs> oh yeah, and all the murder. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Name the app. We're on it. Search for Uncanny Dispatch. Oh, and all you social media users, uh, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Once again, the Uncanny Dispatch. You want to hear something horrible? <laughs> you know I do. Okay. Oh, oh we're back. <laughs> That was probably... Oh, man, I gave Robert Evans a run for his money with Worst Ad Lead in just then. I'm pretty sure I'm in a secret competition with him about it. And he like, doesn't know he about it. He has no idea I exist, and it's totally fine. I'm just completely obsessed with him. That didn't work now, did it? No, it did not. Um, okay, so... Boop. When Guthrie... Here, here's some sad stuff, just... I'm just letting you know right now, sad shit ahead. Like, lots of sad shit ahead. Trigger warning, you might cry. Uh, it gets real sad. Uh, when Guthrie was 14, his mother was committed to the Oklahoma Hospital for the Insane, while his father worked off debts in Texas. So he and his siblings were basically left on their own. Why, dad became a backdoor prostitute. Uh, they... <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm they, sorry. Back in those times, you say work off debts. That's what comes to mind. No. They depended on their oldest brother to, like, support them. And Guthrie, uh, Woody was not the oldest. Uh, but he did work odd jobs in Okima. He begged for food. And he stayed with friends whenever it was possible and not too big of a burden on them. He loved music, and he learned traditional English and Scottish songs, as well as old ballads, and he learned this from, like, his family. And he ended up befriending a, a young man of color named George, who played harmonica. He specifically played the blues. And Guthrie loved it so much, he bought his own harmonica, and he would play together with George, like, in public, which is kind of a big deal when yeah. the KKK is making a comeback. So, good on you, friend. I mean, you know, like, anyway, okay. So, Guthrie was described as bright by teachers, uh, but he didn't like school, so he dropped out his senior year before graduation. Because, you know, why not? Fuck it. Yep. Um, in 1929, the same year he dropped out, Charles had Woody come to Texas, but instead of going to school, his dad had hoped... Woody would busk around Pampa and read the, the library in the Pampa City Hall. So, do you know what busking is? No. Uh, you basically, it's the people who just, like, play music with, like, their case open. Or, like, they'll, oh, like, move okay. around while they do it. Like, walk around town while they do it. It's, it's a fun, fun thing. Um, and then, in 1930, his mother passed away at the same Oklahoma hospital for the insane that he last saw her in. In 1931, Guthrie met wife number one, Mary Jennings, and they had three children. Gwendolyn, Sue, and Bill. Sat more sad shit ahead, guys. Oh, dear Lord. Bill died at the age of 23 in a car accident, and both of his daughters inherited Huntington's and each died at the age of 41. Wow. It's fucking sad shit ahead. Like, it, it's... Yeah. I don't even, like, really go into the marital issues with Woody and Mary because, like, it's a lot. Um, so... So he was a shitty husband. He was not around much. Ah. Yes. He, uh, he and Mary divorced in 1940, which was a difficult feat, uh, because she was Catholic. And he remarried twice to Marjorie Greenblatt in 1945 and divorced her in 53. And then Anna K. Van Kirkend uh, from 53 to 56 and had a grand total of eight spawn. So uh, during the Dust Bowl, Guthrie left Mary and their three children in Texas to look for work out west. And he found work and eventually became famous via radio with Maxine Lefty Lou Chrisman. As a broadcast performer of hillbilly and folk music. He eventually made enough money and sent for his family to join him. And he appeared on KFVD radio station owned by Frank W. Burke, a New Deal Democrat. So he began writing and performing protest songs. Oh boy. Where you know the working class. Guthrie once said, quote, The best thing that I did in 1936 was join the Communist Party, end quote. So he was never actually a member, but he was a fellow traveler. Do you, somebody who also... Like, in, like nowadays an ally? Yes, pretty much. He believed the same things. He just wasn't as strict in the party discipline. So 
I feel like he was probably a de some degree of anarchist, but that could be personal bias because I am, you know. Um, and he did write for People's World, which was a communist newspaper. He, hmm. yeah. He played up being country by using exaggerated dialect and uh, usually had a small illustration. Um, and his column was basically current events from his point of view, from small town Oklahoma, working class, you know, good old boy, basically. Yeah. So then, in 1939, World War II breaks out. There's the non-aggression pact with Soviet Union, and communist sympathizers are evil, and so Guthrie was fired. You know. So he moved to New York City, as one does. Um, <laughs> he was actually welcomed fairly quickly by their folk music community, and in 1940, he wrote the song everyone knows about half of. This land is your land. Oh, dear Lord. This land is my land. He's, it's actually a punk as fuck song, but I'm going to come back to it. And it was a response to Irving Berlin's, quote, unrealistic and complacent song, God Bless America. Hmm. It was more than four years before he actually recorded it. And again, I'm coming back to it because he's punk as fuck. And I'm into it. <clears throat> so in March 1940, he was invited to play a benefit hosted by the John Steinbeck Committee to Aid Farm Workers. And he met Pete Seeger, another pretty well-known folk musician. They ended up roommates a month later and lived with a sculptor named Harold uh, Ambelin. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. Um, Guthrie was a guest on CBS Radio's Back Where I Come From. Hmm. So that's pretty rad. In November 1941, Seeger introduced Guthrie to Charles Olson, a junior editor at Common Ground magazine, and Guthrie ended up writing an article called Ear Players for them. And that was his birth, his first, oh my god, words, his first, like, real mainstream article that was his debut into mainstream media. You know, instead of yeah. just, like, localized. Guthrie spent time in Oregon and Washington and fell in love and was so inspired, he wrote 26 songs in the one month he was in the Pacific Northwest. That sounds about right for Pacific Northwest. <laughs> like, if you're a musician, you go there, you get super inspired... Or if you're just a dark person, you go there, you get inspired, and you kill and eat people. So he goes back after a month to New York, and Seeger had formed a folk protest group called the Almanac Singers, which grew so large they created a co-op, the Almanac House, um, in Greenwich Village, which is so fucking punk! Um... I really love it. I love it so much. You know, another place it's called Greenwich Village. And people are more than, if I am wrong, correct me on it. Harry Potter. Greenwich Village. Oh. oh. So, no, I was thanks. wrong. Okay. Um, so, all right. The group started writing peace songs until Hitler invaded the Soviet Union. And then they started punk. Fight me. I will die on this hill. They started fucking punk okay <laughs> um as we know it today honestly the originators of punk were the people singing gospel 
songs in code in fields as slaves to talk shit about the cracker with the whip right in front of his fucking face. That's punk as fuck, too. But, like, with music involved, because folk music is fucking punk without electric guitar. Anyway, okay, so, um, so they wrote anti-fascist songs, um, which is punk as fuck, and I love it so much. Um, so a house member once said Guthrie, quote, loved to, uh, loved people to think of him as a real working class person and not an intellectual, quote, end quote. He was really well read. He read a lot all the time from what I found. So now. Are we getting to happy time? Yeah, I need a break for a second because I'm very, very excited about this. Well, I'm recording again. I'm very excited about this. Okay, so This Land is Your Land has been sung by everyone. Everyone had to sing it in elementary school at least one time. Yes. So, the original tune appears to have actually come from a gospel... The tune, the music, actually came from a gospel recording of the Carter fam... Of a Carter family song. So, kind of read that off a little bit. But a lot of folk punk does that. A yeah. lot of folk does that. There's like four whole songs and they just kind of slow it down, speed it up, and add a couple things. But I still love it very much. So Guthrie, as I mentioned earlier, was annoyed by God Bless America. And his first name for this land was actually God Bless America for me, but he later changed it. Original words include the verse... There was a big high wall that tried to stop me. The sign was painted private property, but on the back side, it didn't say nothing. This land was made for you and me. So, the verse was recorded, but not released until 1997, when it was accidentally found by a Smithsonian archivist when he heard the acetate master while transferring it to digital format. It was lost. All, like, except for maybe Pete Seeger knew about it. But, like, no one knew about this until, like, 1997. Wow. so it was recorded but never released until it was an oopsie fact. We're going to get to why in a bit. Um, so, another verse written but never officially recorded, but it is in one of his museums, um, was, One bright sunny morning in the shadow of the steeple. By the relief office, I saw my people. I stood there wondering if God blessed America for me. I've actually heard that verse. Yes, because Pete Seeger and Woody Woody's son Arlo Guthrie make a point to play the radical verses whenever they play that song. They play the, the radical verses. Here's why it was never officially recorded and it was taken out of the original recording. Okay. Senator Joseph... Goddamn McCarthy and his bullshit communist witch hunts. Um, But also, I just really, really love that one of the most patriotic songs that everyone knows, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on, you've had to sing it at least once in your life, if you don't enjoy it. And my favorite part about it is the people who probably enjoy that song the most are the people who would have hated Woody Guthrie as a human the most. <laughs> and it's just, I love, I love that he's still given like a middle finger to the right wing fascist 
type. And them not realizing And it. they just are too... They don't even know. And I love it so much. And he's so punk rock. And he had issues with, like, being a good dad. He even said, like, he had to sit and think really hard about how to be a dad. Because, like, he just... It just didn't His come dad naturally. fucked off and left him and his siblings alone with their mother dying in a hospital of one of the worst diseases ever. So, like, I'm a, he didn't have much of a role model for that. And I'm not trying to excuse him for it. I am just saying... It didn't come naturally. There's no way it would have. But he is my favorite leftist Oki... And then it's Robert Evans, and then it's me, because I'm humble like that. <laughs> uh, I'm probably near the bottom of that list. Now you're right under me. Ha ha, I told you. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. Oh, God. I'm going to uh, regret we're, this No, later. we're not editing that. Oh, no, I don't edit anything. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, I have a very special treat. I really hope I don't get in legal trouble for this, but here's a little bit of Pete Seeger's This Land is Your Land, the unreleased version. Whistling, this land was made for you and big sign there said private property but on the other side it didn't say nothing this land was made so punk rock as fuck Guthrie lost his ability to play guitar and sing due to Huntington's but has inspired countless performers like Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen, Andrew Jackson Jihad, Pat the Bunny, Wilco. Like, honestly, name a folky type and you can, trace you back can to... definitely, 100%. I didn't know he had Huntington's. That makes me kind of sad now. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like, his mother it. had it, and I then... I expected it, but I had hopes. Yeah, it actually didn't progress in him until later in life, but it was still... He yeah. didn't get to do the things that he loved the most, and that is hell! Anyway, um... Yeah, I tried to end on a happy note, and then he went back to Huntington's, so... Pluggables! Uh, Michael Barwick 3 on... Uh at TikTok and Michael Barwick on Facebook. If you find that, I probably won't even notice. Yeah. Um, you can find Oklahoma Strange on Facebook and Instagram. We're not super active on Instagram because it's all just me and sorry about it. I could be better. Anyway, uh, you can send your hate mail to OklahomaStrange at gmail.com and... <laughs> And 
Thanks to executive producers Andrew Wilmers, Stephanie Cordray, Holly Yarbrough, Katie Sanders, Chelsea Mears, Kenneth Sanders. Producers Amber Walters, Taylor Kelly, Eli Cook, Faye Sanders, Jay England, Deb England, Kelly England, and Charles Barwick. So how does it make you feel to realize that about a third of your producers are hardcore right-wing? I think it's funny. If they ever actually found the podcast and truly listened to it, they'd be like, oh dear, how am yeah, I Yeah, they're just like, this? they're just like, oh, here's some change for your hobby. Or like, I do name people who actually help us survive also. And like, anyway, that's a whole complicated issue with trauma and I don't want to bring it up a whole lot. But yeah, so our theme, as always, is by William Bohannon and, um, Hug a leftist and stay strange. <laughs>